Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. If you are there, shout hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says to everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Praise the Lord. Last week we started looking at a topic based on Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Where we said in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And in the course of our discussion we looked at the creative power of God. With regard to the advent of time. In creating the sun and the moon, God created time. And because he created time, he's the God of times and seasons. The creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars was completed on the fourth day of creation. When we look at Genesis chapter 1 from verse, uh, verse 14 to verse 19. On the fourth day, God created the sun, created the moon, created what you call the, the, the lighter light for the day, the smaller for the, I mean for the night. On the fifth day, we saw God releasing the first blessings of creation. And it, these blessings of creation were released on the products of the waters. God said, let the waters bring forth the moving creatures, the living things, and the fowls of the air. And I remember we highlighted the fact that the fowls of the air were created from what? From the waters. And when God saw the, God, I mean, when God saw them, God released a blessing upon them in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. The Bible says, God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters and the seas, let the fowl multiply in the earth. On the sixth day, man was created. And there was an addition to the, I mean, to the blessing that had previously been released upon the birds and the fishes. The, in addition to, I mean, to that multiplication, in addition to fruitfulness, man, man's blessings include, I mean, included subduing the earth, having dominion, replenishing the earth. God gave man the charge over every other thing he had created. That's very important. The question I want to ask this morning is, what is a blessing? So we want to talk a little bit more about the blessings that God released on the fifth day and on the sixth day. Now, biologists make us to understand that there's life in plants. Is that not so? So, technically speaking, the first living things, correct me if I'm wrong, <coughs> the first living things that God created were the plants. Is that not so? 
you don't agree with me, let me know. My biology may be rusty. <laughs> so the first living things God created were, were, the, were, the, were the plants. That was on the third day. Except for one thing. The plants that were created were stationary. They were what? The plant will stand where it is created. Even the perennial flowers, they could, the tentacles could extend here and there, but they are not going anywhere. But on the fifth day, the creation of the fifth day was different. When we look at that, uh, that, that passage, when God created uh, 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 the, 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 the life in the waters, the birds that fly, the Bible says God created the moving things that live. He created what? The moving things that live. In other words, apart from those things that we are created and that are stationary, he created those things that had life and that were expected to do what? To move about. That tells me one thing. God hates stagnation. Tell somebody, God hates stagnation. God hates stagnation. Somebody is not saying that. Say, God hates stagnation. God hates stagnation. And I pray for someone here today, you will not be stagnant. Amen. If per adventure you have been stagnant up to now, it is time to move forward. Amen. And you will move forward in Jesus' name. Amen. What is a blessing? A blessing, according to the dictionary, is a favor or a gift bestowed by God that brings happiness. And I speak to somebody's life today, God will bless you. Amen. I say, God will bless you. Amen. Very briefly, we are going to look at what I call three principles on blessings. And then we'll pray. How many principles? Three, three principles of blessings. The first principle is a blessing or blessings must be targeted. Must be what? You don't just release the blessing into the air. A blessing is usually addressed to someone, to a nation, to a people, to a church. For example, I know that Christ Chapel is blessed. Amen. And if Christ Chapel is blessed, it means all members of Christ Chapel are what? Blessed. So there has to be a target. That is why, I mean, on the first day of creation, God created light. He said, let there be light. There was light. The light was good. The Bible doesn't say God bless the light. Is that in your Bible? No. He created a firmament. It was beautiful. God didn't bless it. He created their night. He created the trees. Until he created life that moves. He began to release blessings. And the magnitude of the blessing depends on who God was addressing. And that's why I mean, what, what the blessing he gave to the fish is nothing compared to the blessing he gave to man. The blessing he gave to you and I. Blessing must be targeted. Being a target of blessing can be by grace or by a definite action that triggers blessings. For example, Blessing by grace. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 9, we see the story of Peter and his first encounter with Jesus. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. 
The Bible says the people were pressing upon Jesus. He was by the seaside. He needed a place to stand so as to teach the people. And he saw two sheep standing by the lakeside. But the fishermen were out of them. And the Bible says in verse 3, he just entered into one of them. And he prayed that he would take the sheep a little bit off the land. And he began to teach. Simon's sheep became useful. Your sheep will be useful to God. Amen. I said your sheep will be useful to God. Amen. Grace identified and selected Simon. But he had something for God. God used, I mean, Jesus used his sheep. And the Bible says, when he had finished, he told Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your net for a drop. And Simon gave Jesus a lesson on fishing. He told him, we toiled all night, we caught nothing. But we've listened to the teachings you have given today, they are wonderful. So at thy words, we will let down. And he did. And the Bible says, when they had done that, they, I mean, in verse 6, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net they broke. So we see that, I mean, grace selected Peter for blessing. Grace will find you today. Amen. The grace of God will find you today. Amen. The grace of God will open doors unto you today. Amen. The grace of God will fill your net with fish today in Jesus' name. Amen. So who will God target for blessings? Remember we said it's either by grace or you make an effort to draw the blessings unto you. Psalm 24 from verse 3 to 6. Psalm 24 from verse 3 to 6. Psalm 24 verses 3 to 6. It says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that had clean hands. Tell somebody clean hands. Clean hands. In other words, if the work of your hands is not clean, you are not expecting blessings from God. Is somebody with me this morning? You cannot be a harlot and say God should bless the work of your hands. What do you want God to bless? A sister was sharing with us yesterday when we were doing our Sunday school review that somebody put something online on Facebook that they're having a program in Orillia. I don't know what program it is. A three-day program. It started on Friday. It's going to end maybe today or whatever. I don't know. But there's a lady who was putting a program, I mean, uh, putting a, 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 a progress report on Facebook. Progress report of what? Of how many men she has slept with since the program started. Oh, yes. On Facebook. As at the time they were looking at her progress report yesterday, she had conquered 12 men. And the journey was still ongoing. Is there any handwork for God to bless in that? He that has clean hands. You want God to bless you? Can you ask your neighbor, do you want God to bless you? Tell your neighbor your hands must be clean. That's very important. If God examines your hands, what does he find there? That's number one. And then he says, a pure heart. A what? A pure heart. Is your heart pure towards me? Is my heart pure towards you? 
a pure heart. That is why the Bible says, he that looketh unto a woman to lust has done what? Has committed adultery with her. The heart is not pure. There are some statements that I will make as an innocent gentleman, a small boy that I am. In my own innocence, I will just make that statement. But some elders with impure thought, what will happen? They will have interpreted it to where I did not mean. True or false? Can you ask your name? Is your heart pure? If God will find you a target of blessing, your heart must be what? Pure. Then he said, He that has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. In our work cast meeting this morning, we were looking at uh, uh, the open heaven, talking about contentment. Why do you want to be rich? Everybody wants to be rich. I want to be rich. But the question is, why do you want to be rich? In your riches, what will benefit the kingdom of God? In your riches, will the work of God feel your impact? In your riches, will your church know that you even exist? Or in your riches, will it just be, ah, the, how do they call it? The neighborhood chief that has got no impact on the kingdom of God. What are you lifting up your soul onto? We're talking about becoming a target of blessing. That's the first point. Blessing must be targeted. God is looking for someone here to bless. Anybody ready for God's blessing? God will bless you. I say God will bless you. When you look at, look, go to verse 5. Say, if you, verse 5 of that passage, if you meet those simple criteria, he said, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord. Tell somebody, I will be blessed. I will be blessed. And that blessing will be permanent in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's the first thing. Blessing must be targeted. There must be someone that will obtain the blessing. There must be someone to whom the blessing is released. I said there are three points, right? Point number two. Blessing must be specific. Blessing must be what? Specific. In other words, it's wonderful to say God bless me. It's wonderful to say God bless you. Yes, but God bless me. What do I want God to do for me? What do you want God to do for you? God bless you is a generic statement. Go through the scriptures. When God blessed the, his creation on the third day, he didn't just say, I bless you. Is that what he said? What did he say? Be fruitful. Be fruitful. That's specific. And do what? Multiply. Very specific. When God blessed man and his creation on the sixth day, he said, be fruitful. He said, multiply. He said, replenish the earth. He said, subdue it. He said, do what? Have dominion. That is specific. Blessing must be specific. What is it that God is telling you to do? What is it that you want God to bless? That is what, I mean, do you want God to bless the, the, the work of your hands? It's like the man that went to pastor. He went with pastor with a load of money. And said, pastor, pray for me. And pastor was excited. The moment pastor saw the money, he started speaking in tongues. 
Hallelujah. Marakaposo to Yandragamu. Praise the Lord. God is good. Glory. You are an answer to prayer. And the man next up. Well, what is your what pray for the work of my hand? And as soon as Pastor began to pray, he got a caution. Don't pray for him. Pastor number one listened. He said, I'm sorry. I'm excited with this your money. But God says what? I shouldn't pray for you. So please, I'm very sorry. You can go with your money. The man knew why. But he gave the pastor a piece of his mind and he left. He went to another pastor. And that one was prepared and ready. There's nothing God says that will stop me from taking this money and praying for this brother. That is, that is my work. Oh. So he took the money. Say, my dear, here is money. It's an answer to prayer. And his, his wife uh, released some tongues onto uh, in, uh, in line with him. Collected the money and prayed. And later they found out what, what does the man do. The man is an arm robber. And he came for prayer for his next operation. And pastor is saying, kneel down, let me pray for you to go and do what? To go and steal. To go and steal. Blessing must be specific. Very, very important. And like we were saying earlier on, on the fifth day, on the fifth day, verse 20 of Genesis chapter 1, God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that had life. That's very important. The what? The key word there is moving. Moving. I tell someone here again today, whatever stands for stagnation in your life, God himself will approve in Jesus' name. Amen. I say he will approve in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessing was specific. In one of the encounters that Abraham had with God, Abraham asked God a question. He said, what will you give me? And today, brethren, you are free to ask God that question. You are free to do what? You are free to ask God, what will thou give me? Blessing must be specific. What do you want? That's the corollary. What is it you want from God? You must be able to tell him what you want. So long as you qualify for it, you will receive it. And I speak to somebody's life here today. Receive your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. I say receive your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Verse 2. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me? Seeing I go tideless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. I don't have a child. You know what I want. What will you give me? What sort of blessing? And God gave him that assurance. This Eliezer will not be recipient of the blessing I'm releasing upon you. Your wife will have a child for you. Even when the wife, in her overzealousness, said Hagar should go ahead of her, God still said, I know the word I have spoken. And I'm talking to somebody here today. You might have made a mistake, but the word of God stands sure. I said the word of God stands sure. 
whatever he has spoken concerning you, it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Whatever be the promise of God concerning your life, it doesn't matter what Hagar has done. Receive your blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said, receive your blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Blessing must be specific. What blessing do you want from God today? We are going to have a few minutes to pray later on. So prepare to tell God. Prepare to tell God the specific blessing that you want. God just doesn't say you are blessed. God gives the specifics. Don't just go before God and say, bless me. Be specific of what you want. And he will answer you. Amen. Somebody is not sure. Amen. I said he will answer you. Amen. So number one, blessing must be what? Targeted. Number two, blessing must be? Specific. Number three, blessing must be triggered. Blessing must be what? Triggered. Blessing must be triggered. That is, God is an embodiment of any and everything you need. We are made to understand that God has a storehouse in heaven. Everything in that warehouse is not meant for heaven. It's meant for the earth. It's meant for you and I. But we must trigger the blessing that we might obtain the blessing. How do we trigger this blessing? Number one, make God happy. Is that not simple? Make him what? Happy. Make God happy. Do you know what made God to release blessing on, 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 on the fifth day of creation? Everything that God had been creating before that time, they were static. They were stationary. They were where they were created. They were achieving their purpose. No, but even though God saw that it was good, then he created the moving creatures that live. And he saw life. That was not stationary. He saw life that was moving. He saw life that was, I mean, when you put fish in an aquarium and you look at it, you're happy, you're excited. He saw the whales, he saw whatever, I mean, the, the, the ones you eat and the ones you don't eat. The tilapia fish and the catfish. He saw them jumping and, and God was excited. Brethren, life excites God. He was excited. He was happy. He said, oh, I'm not just going to create these ones. I will bless them. Yes. When you make God happy, he does what? He blesses. he blesses you. That is the first point. Blessing was the trigger. You want to trigger God's blessing? Make him happy. Make him happy. Peter made Jesus happy. How? The press was upon him. Upon Jesus. He wanted to teach. But the crowd were interested in touching him, pushing him, and all that stuff. And then he went into Peter's boat. And as soon as he stepped into Peter's boat, he had fresh air. He could teach. The people could listen. He was fulfilling purpose. Then when he finished, he said, Peter, you have made me happy. I want to bless you. Lounge throw your net. Your nets into the deep. We are told that Peter was told to launch nets, but he launched only one. God has made provision for his nets to be filled. God has made provision for your nets to be filled. I said, God has made provision for your nets to be filled. Amen. Not just one net, but your nets. But you've got to take the step of faith. 
and launch out into the deep. And catch all that the Lord is giving unto you. So that we can come and rejoice with you. So that you can be a blessing to the house of God. Amen. I'm waiting for somebody's testimony. Amen. I say I'm waiting for somebody's testimony. Amen. So that was the first thing. Make him happy. When you make God happy, he will bless you. Number two, give him something valuable. Do what? Something valuable. We all know the story of Noah. The Bible says Noah went into the ark. When Noah went into the ark, does anybody know how many people went into the ark on that day? How many? Eight people went into the ark. Noah and his wife, two Abby. He had three sons. That makes five Abby. The three sons have three wives. That makes what? When, you, when they tell you that number eight stands for a new beginning, that's where it starts. Eight people went into the ark. And those eight people were the ones that constituted the new beginning for mankind. When they came out. When they came out. And if I remember very well, this is the eighth month. And the Lord wants to give somebody a new beginning. When Noah came out of the ark. When the eight of them came out of the ark, the Bible says, out of the things that Noah took into the ark, in Genesis chapter, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 7, verse 7, tells us the number of people that went into the ark. And then, when you look at verses 2 and 3 of that uh, Genesis chapter 7, it tells us the animals that went with him. A pair of all unclean animals, seven pairs of the clean animals. Out of those clean animals, the Bible says Noah took of every clean beast. Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. He took of what? Every clean beast. Not just one, not two. Every clean beast. And of every, every clean fowl. And offered a burnt offering on the altar. Noah gave to God something that was valuable. At that point in time, how many animals were there on earth? Only those that are with him in the ark, out of them, he still took, I mean, animals and he offered a sacrifice unto the living God. And the Bible says in verse 21, God smelled a sweet savour, and God said in his heart, I will not again cause the ground for man's sake. For the imagination of his heart is evil from his youth. I will not again smite everything as I have done. And verse 22, Verse 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall work, shall not. All because Noah gave God something that was valuable. Something that was valuable. Noah said, I must give God of these wonderful things that he told us to preserve. He's God. He deserves it all. He would have chosen to destroy everything. But he has chosen by grace to keep us alive. The first point to trigger your blessing is what? Make God what? Make him happy. The second point is to do what? Give him something valuable. Something valuable. And the third point, if you want to trigger your blessing, is Bring your tithes into the storehouse. Do what? 
bring your tithe into the storehouse. In that Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, the pastor will know very well. He said, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Bring ye what? All the tithes. The that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. Bible scholars have made us to understand. This is the only place in the scriptures that God said, Prove me. That God said, Put me to test. That God said, Test me. Challenge me. Challenge me. God will surprise you. Amen. I said, God will surprise you. Amen. He said, there is a window in heaven. That window will only be open to those who bring their tithe into the storehouse. And then he said, I will pour you out a blessing. That there will not be room enough to receive it. He will pour you out what? A blessing. Only one blessing. Maybe that was the principle Peter was thinking of. When Jesus said, let down your nets. And he let down only one net. Because he realized that one blessing of God can sustain you for life. Yes, one blessing from the most high God can sustain you from, I mean, for life. Hallelujah. But don't be stingy. That's why you don't be stingy. Again, we discussed this in our, in our uh, workers' meeting this morning. Godliness with contentment. The reason many of us are not content, we're always looking at how to be, looking at the other man, how to be more like the other man. If only you focus on God, God can take you beyond every other man. Do you realize that? Yes. He said, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things shall be added unto you. Bring all the tithe. The tithe is only 10% of what he has given unto you. And like, like uh, the man of God I was here a, a few weeks ago said, when you bring your tithe into the storehouse, into the church of God, you are not, give, you are not putting your money in the church. Who are you giving your money to? You are giving your money to God. You are giving your money to God. You are making a deposit. And when the time comes for withdrawal, you have a bank that never goes bankrupt. Amen. You have a bank whose interest rate exceeds anyone you can see anywhere. Amen. One of our pastors was sharing with me, you want to buy a car that is 45000 they end up selling it to you at 20000 How else do you want God to reward you? Is somebody with me? You want to buy a house that they should sell for you at 700000 one way or the other, the end of selling it for you at 400000 it? Is it possible or not? Yes. I, I can start sharing testimonies of that with you. This is the value. They just say, I just, I just, I just believe I should give it to you. I remember there was a time I was, I mean, when I was still working with TD. As I went for a job uh, interview with one of our senior managers, I wanted a promotion. The, the reason she gave me that job was when she had, I was a pastor. That was all. Because the salary I wanted was more than what they gave anybody at that level within the bank. I was already a staff of the bank. And I wanted this position. And when they said, what do you want? I told them. And when they went and looked at what I was earning, they realized that even at my level, I was earning more than most people at that level. And you can't say you are giving me a higher position 
and my salary will not, you will not increase it by something smell smell. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> but when she had, when I told her I'm a pastor, I don't know what we were discussing, that was what clinched that job for me. Brethren, God is faithful. There are many times that some little tests will come your way. God wants to see if you are going to be faithful. You have a hundred dollars. And you see, this pastor is talking about tithe out of hundred dollars. That will not even pay. What will hundred dollars pay? It can even, it will pay nothing. And this man is saying, I should give God ten dollars. He must be a hungry pastor. You are not giving the pastor. What are you giving? God wants to make, see if you are going to be faithful with hundred dollars before he gives you a hundred thousand. I was listening to a testimony don't know where now, but it was during this week of a man of God that, I mean, he went, he's a pastor, he's a man of God, and he went to somewhere to, uh, to worship. When it was time to give the offering, God told him, give for the sake of our analogy, maybe $500. I mean, give $1,000. And the man said, $1,000? No way. I can't give an offer of $1,000. I'm going to give 500 He knew it was God speaking to him. He said, no, 500 is enough. He gave 500 God will not argue with you. The man went home. During that week, somebody came to his office. I said, Pastor, God bless you. I just brought a gift for you. And the person brought a gift of, let's say, $5,000. And the man was excited. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God for this offering. And then just as the lady was about to go out, she said, oh, Pastor, sorry. I had intended bringing $10,000 for you. But something came up. And I had to spend $5,000 out of the money. And as, many, as soon as she spoke, God spoke to the pastor. I told you to give an offering of $1,000. You said you're only going to give $500. Thank <laughs> you.